Hey, Sean Gaby here. Welcome to the Supernatural Leadership Podcast. Wherever you are listening from, we are glad that you have joined us. Please follow us on Instagram at Sean Gaby and at Supernatural Leadership Podcast and or visit kingdomculture.ca or seangaby.com for more engaging content around topics we will be discussing. As well, you would love it if you would leave a review on this podcast as it helps boost our ability to get this content out to more people. If you are new with us today, just want to inform you that we will be releasing a new episode on the first Wednesday of every month and every so often a bonus episode. So make sure to hit the subscribe button so you can keep up to date with every episode. There are so many great leadership podcasts out there and truthfully, I love so many of them. So why supernatural leadership? Really, it's the difference between presence and principle as we discuss in episode one. The very first episode of this podcast really sets the tone for the why and purpose for this podcast. I would encourage you to have a listen if you haven't already. Simply put, we believe everyone has a leader within them at some capacity. Whether you're a CEO, non-for-profit director, media mogul, church leader, pastor, small business owner, manager of teams, a dad, a mom, and well, the list could go on. If everyone has a leader within them, why not make that leader a little more supernatural? That's the heart and goal behind this podcast, helping you connect your natural with God's super, making your leadership a little more supernatural. At the end of every episode, there will be practical activations and exercises to help us grow and mature in the various areas discussed. Thank you for listening to the Supernatural Leadership Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Supernatural Leadership Podcast. Today, we'll be diving into part two of a three-part series, a favorite topic of mine, and also a really fun topic, and that is the word of knowledge. If you haven't already listened to part one of this series, please do, as I really lay the foundation for understanding what the word of knowledge is. Part one, we talked about leaning into the word of knowledge. How do we position ourselves? How do we go after this stuff? How do we experience it in our lives? But today our subject title for this episode is interpreting the word of knowledge. As I've said previously, walking in this gift within our leadership will radically alter the way that we lead. So let's dive into today's topic, interpreting the word of knowledge. First of all, we need to remember we are dealing with a supernatural God who deals with us in supernatural ways. The problem often is that we want everything packaged in a natural, logical way. And unfortunately, this is not the case. This is not how God communicates to us. It's not going to be so logical. And to open up this whole episode, I want to open it up with a story. In fact, a dream that I had years ago. And although this episode is not about dreams, the core of this episode relates in that the language of dreams is often very similar to the language God uses when operating or when we're operating in the word of knowledge. So to set the tone for this episode, I want to give you a practical example uh, as we launch into this. Years ago, I was moving away. I was moving out of Canada for a three-month season. And at the end of that three-month season, I was I was supposed to go on this trip to Israel and Africa. I really felt that I was supposed to go on this trip. I didn't have the money to go on this trip, but before I moved to um, where I was going, I actually needed to have the money. And I had a flight booked to Seattle en route to where I was moving. I was actually moving to Alaska and uh, for three months to do some ministry out there. And I needed this money. I needed over $4,000 Canadian for this trip. 
And so the night before I was flying out, I still did not have the money. I had a dream. And in the dream, now let me just preface this with something very important that often in dreams, God will use things that are in our natural lives, like in our actual lives to speak to us, to communicate to us. And so at that time, um, it's kind of funny, but I was using truth by Calvin Klein body wash. Okay. That was a body wash that I was using. Okay. Just to give you a little bit of a insight into my personal life. So I had this dream the day before I'm flying out and in the dream, I see these two floating bottles of truth by Calvin Klein body wash. And I remember in the dream thinking, wow, that's more than enough. Like I don't need that much body wash. Now, keep in mind, it's also a play on words and symbolic and in, in, in language here where, you know, in Jesus, who is the truth, okay, he, there is more than enough. Jesus, one of the promises that we see in the Bible concerning the character of God, he is El Shaddai. He is the God of more than enough. And I remember seeing this two floating bottles of truth by Calvin Klein body wash and thinking, man, like, I don't need all this. It's more than enough. And then right away in the dream, the dream shifted. Now, as I'm telling you the dream, I'm giving you some practical tools on interpreting your own dreams, um, if you're catching it. But the next scene shifted and I saw a check. And on the check, it had my name on it and it had the number $3,000, but it was a US check. And I don't know why it was US, but it said $3,000 USD. And on the check, I remember uh, I remember seeing or or feeling like it was for my trip to Israel and Africa. And so that was the night before I was flying out and I actually needed the money. Now, once again, I didn't have the money. So I wake up out of this dream. I knew it was a God dream. There was a few more details I left out just for the sake of time. But I knew that the the, the basic or the basic sort of truth of the dream that God wanted to bring it to, to hit me or to speak to me through was that, that God was going to provide more than enough for this trip. There was more than enough that, um, that this trip was going to be paid for somehow. And at the time, uh, if you did, did the exchange rate, $3,000 US would have equaled around $4,000 Canadian, which is exactly what I needed for the trip. Now, remember in the dream, it was more than enough. So uh, the next day before I'm flying out, before I'm going to the airport, about an hour before I had to leave to the airport, I get a phone call from some friends of mine who knew I was moving away. They said, Sean, before you go to the airport, can you come visit us just for like 20 minutes? And so I said, okay, uh, on, on my way to the airport, I'll stop by and we'll have a chat. I had no idea why. I sit down, I get into their living room and they share with me that that night, they had had some sort of encounter with the Lord. God woke them up out of a dream and said to one of them, I believe it was the husband, give Sean your entire savings account for the trip he's going on to Israel and Africa. And at that time, uh, their savings account was $4,000 Canadian. So they wrote me a check for $4,000 Canadian and not only that, they gave me a bag full of American spending money. They had a bunch of American money on them. They gave me a bag of American spending money. So in the end, it was more than enough. I had what I needed plus more, which was my dream. And uh, God really, really spoke to me powerfully in that moment, not only to trust him, but just understanding even deeper the truth that he is the God of more than enough. But I share this dream with you because... 
the language in that dream and some of the symbols in that dream is often the same way or similar to the way that God will communicate a word of knowledge to us. And there's many layers, just like in dreams, many layers, there's, you know, colors mean things, numbers mean things. Um, like in my dream, the body wash meant uh, meant something specific to me in the context of it. it's more than enough. Like, and this is how God will speak to us, even through the word of knowledge. Also, you know, this connects to really, in a lot of ways, all of the gifts and how they work and, and are active in our lives. Walking in any of the gifts of the Spirit can feel often like dreams a bit mysterious. And God speaks through the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 55, verses 8 to 9, making such a true and powerful statement, saying that the ways of God are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. The question is, can his ways be ours? And can we connect to his thoughts? And I say absolutely, but only through the Holy Spirit guiding us to which everything we are discussing is centered on and around. So sometimes the way through which he chooses to communicate to us feels often out of our spiritual reach, but just because it feels this way doesn't mean it actually is. What do I mean? God never intended for our natural selves, okay, to be able to interpret his supernatural world. We have a human spirit, And then we have the Holy Spirit to help us do just this. Paul writes in the book of Romans, chapter 8, verse 16, you know, his spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are children with God. So the way of communication and the way of connection with God uh, is spirit to spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14 says, and Paul wrote this, but the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. So when moving in the word of knowledge, motivated by the Spirit, it's going to take faith and a relationship with Holy Spirit. It's spirit to spirit. That's our communication connection. Learning to interpret the spiritual realities or divine information the gifts are communicating to us or God is communicating to us through the gifts will take getting to know him to know his spirit and his language. And I remember years ago, I was ministering on the East Coast of Canada and I was in this meeting. I was actually in a theater. And I remember being, uh, before I got up to speak, I remember this, this. I had this open vision and we're gonna talk more about visions and dreams and episodes to come. But I had this open vision and I saw this giant bald eagle fly into the room. And it came to me, it kind of, it came to me. I had this open vision. I was seeing this, I was having a spiritual moment with God and this vision came in and in its talons, it had this really big, what looked like a scroll. And it came to me probably about two feet from my face and the scroll unraveled as a scroll would. He opened up his talons, the scroll unraveled. And I saw all this writing on the scroll and it was a language I didn't understand. It was like, I was seeing something And I was trying to read it, but I wasn't understanding it. I knew it was a different language. And I felt in this moment, I really felt God say to me, this is the way that most of the church or the body of Christ lives, hearing and even seeing what I am saying, but not understanding the language. And really, you know, one of the things I really want to get bring home to us during the, you know, these, this, this, this podcast and future episodes is we're really diving into how do we understand his language? Because his language often feels, you know, quite mysterious. And, 
And it's really about the search for understanding his language when it comes to interpreting supernatural things, especially the voice of God. Even historically, you know, um, things that were unknown, things that were would be considered enigmas, things that were understood were so, so much highly valued and pursued. Example, if you look at the historical accounts, even in the Old Testament, you know, it gives us evidence of even the non or even non-God-fearing kings, they would often surround themselves with spiritual counsel. They had sages, they had what many would call new agers, they had soothsayers, magicians. And like in Daniel's time, um, you know, men of God, the God of the Hebrews, like Daniel himself as an example, they would have these types of people surrounding them as spiritual advisory, spiritual counsel. Even at one point, Daniel, who was, uh, you know, a Babylonian, uh, you know, Hebrew child, ca- you know, in, in captivity, raised up in Babylon, uh, taken captive, uh, raised up in Babylon, he eventually was appointed uh, the main lead over a group of all of these, what we would call magicians, soothsayers, and new agers. And he was the guy, he was the man. I mean, King Nebuchadnezzar counted him as 10 times better than all of these guys that were in his realm. And the point is the supernatural was highly valued during this timeline. And because it was, and through the searching uh, out of it and understanding of it, great things ended up taking place. And that time frame, actually, they, uh, they believed that every dream or every, what would be considered an enigma, that had some sort of spiritual connection to it was considered to be something from the gods or the Hebrew God himself. They so valued it. They didn't just pass it off as the, you know, falafel they ate the night before or the pizza they had the night before or the pickle they ate before they went to bed. Like they really valued their dream life. They valued supernatural phenomenon. So they would surround themselves with spiritual advisory and counsel. So this episode, I believe will give you some practical tools to help you begin to see some of what he is saying to you, even if it feels quite mysterious, like that experience I had with the scroll, even if you don't understand the language, which I believe often is how God will use the word of knowledge in our life. The language is very different. So to understand this gift, we have to understand mystery. We have to learn to embrace what we don't understand. So our first takeaway today, number one, is we have to embrace mystery. Number one, write that down. Embrace mystery. To to dive into um, learning how to interpret the word of knowledge as a starting point, we have to embrace mystery. Let me define mystery for you. Mystery in biblical thought is a term meaning something formally hidden, things that could be only understood by revelation. What does revelation mean? It means to unveil something that was veiled. When we have a revelation about something, it's like the blinders are taken off our eyes. The scales are taken off our eyes. All of a sudden, I see in a way I've never seen before. For some, mystery or often what's unknown, which really is the same thing, can feel like an attack. We often fear what we don't understand or pass it off as nothing. Some may even feel or even look at what they don't understand and get frustrated at God. It feels like, you know, life's just attacking them with all these random, weird, unknown realities, you know, and we're screaming on the inside. If God, if you really love me, you'll show me what this means. And why does it feel like I live in this place of confusion? And we can feel like we're almost attacked or assaulted by mystery, things we don't understand, why things don't go the way that we think they should go. The truth is, 
God loves you so much that he doesn't want to show you everything right away. He wants the search. He wants us to, to move into a process. And I remember, you know, like the word of knowledge, like I've been saying, really is very mysterious and it's connected to kind of like what feels like often our dream life. And we got to go through a process of learning how to interpret God's voice. I remember one time I was in uh, the south of the United States ministering. I was actually in Phoenix, or I think it was Phoenix, Arizona. And uh, I was actually, I think it was in Scottsdale, Scottsdale, actually. I was ministering at this conference and uh, speaking at this conference. And I remember during the meeting, during the time I was speaking, um, about, you know, I don't know, mid to halfway through while I was speaking, I was talking about, you know, God bringing us into alignment. I was talking about the power of alignment and how when we're aligned with God, there's a maturity and a strength and a wholeness that takes place in our lives. And I was speaking about this topic, alignment. And while I was speaking, I felt God give me a word of knowledge, but it was a very mysterious word of knowledge in that it was just one word. And I heard the word hamburger. Didn't make any sense to me. I'm thinking in my mind, God, like, I'm not hungry for a hamburger, you know, uh, I, but now I am, you know, I'm thinking God, like, and God spoke to me and said, I want you to say the word hamburger because the word hamburger means something to somebody in the room and it's going to do something. It's going to transform someone in the room when I release the word. Now, over the years, I've learned uh, a little bit about how this stuff works in that when we are faithful to give what God's given us, God takes care of the rest. And when we release something in the spirit, by the spirit, it activates something in the natural realm around us. And so knowing this, I believe this to be true. I'm like, God, you got to give me a little more. I mean, if I just say this, um, I don't, I don't know, like, I, I don't want to ruin the the flow of the meeting. I feel like the, the, the meeting's going to go flat. Like all the faith's going to get sucked out of the room. And I really felt, I couldn't, I couldn't shake it. God said, say the word hamburger and it's going to release something. It's going to do something in the room. So I stopped the meeting. I say, listen, I said, this is kind of weird. I feel like I need to say this word and it's going to do something for somebody in this room. So I said, hamburger. And uh, I said, does that mean anything to anybody? Nobody responded. So I felt God say to me, say it again. I said the word hamburger a second time. People laughed as they did the first time. I said it a third time, hamburger. Nobody responded. So I'm thinking, okay, God, I missed that. Like, I feel ridiculous. I feel kind of foolish. But part of me really felt like it was the right thing to do. So like I've said in previous episodes, if you want to operate in the supernatural, you got to become a man or a woman of no reputation. There's there's a humility factor involved in moving in this stuff. And so I I, I, I release the word, I move on. And uh, about 15 minutes later, this, this young man stands up, interrupts the meeting and says, I'm healed, I'm healed. And, you know, I, I was like, oh, that's awesome, you know. And, you know, it's always good to be interrupted by something like that. And I began to ask him questions like what, what happened? You know, what was the issue? He said that, you know, four to five years ago, he had had an, uh, a really bad football accident where somebody ran into the side of his knee, totally destroyed his knee. He's not been able to bend over in four to five years without crippling pain. He walked into the, the conference session with incredible pain, hadn't been able to bend down, move and have the mobility of moving down, bending down without incredible pain. And all of a sudden now, all the pain, all the dysfunction was totally gone. So he's 
freaking out. He's like just totally blown away. God did a complete miracle, creative miracle in his knee. And so we began to move on. I celebrated with him, move up, moved on. At the end of the meeting, at the end of while I was done, after I was done speaking, this same guy walks up to me and says, you know, Sean, I should have, you know, I should have responded in the meeting. I was a little, a little nervous or a little embarrassed. I didn't say anything, but he said, when you said that word hamburger, immediately I remembered that three weeks ago I had a dream. And in the dream, I was with a bunch of friends and, uh, in the dream, we were deciding about a code word that whenever this code word or this code name would be spoken, my life would come into spiritual alignment, emotional alignment, and physical alignment. Like my body, things that were out of alignment, because remember his knee was out of alignment, that everything would come into alignment in my life when this code word was spoken. And my friends in the dream suggested that the word be macaroni. Now, you're probably laughing because, but you know, often this, this is how God speaks to us in dreams. Sometimes the most ridiculous dreams on the planet are the most uh, authoritative, are the most powerful when, when understood. And so in the dream, his friends said, let's make the code word macaroni. So whenever this word macaroni is spoken, your life will come into alignment emotionally, spiritually, and physically. But he said to me, he said, Sean, in the dream, I told my friends, no, I don't want the code name to be macaroni. I want the name to be hamburger. So when the, when the, when the name, when the word hamburger is spoken, everything will come into order. I'm sitting there. I'm like blown away. I'm like, you know, thank you so much for sharing. I wish you shared during the meeting because then there would have been more faith in the room when you did, but hey, it's all good. And I just celebrated with him. He was healed. It set his life up. I remember he emailed me three weeks later saying how his whole world, his whole life had been changed, not just physically, but emotionally and spiritually. And, you know, it just, it just, to me, it just, it cements this this element of when moving in the word of knowledge, we don't understand it. It's kind of mysterious, but when we're faithful to give what we've been given, God takes care of the rest. You know, just by saying the word a hamburger, I don't understand it. I don't get it, you guys, but God does something with it. And the only difference between myself and others out there listening is that, you know, you have to be willing to surrender and sometimes look a little foolish when operating in the supernatural. And, you know, so nobody wants the hamburger word and I got the hamburger word, but it did something powerful. I say that to say is that he, he cares often, God cares about the process towards the result, often more than the result itself. You know, we want the result, we want to see the result, but to me, the process was worth it. The process of trusting God, the process of stepping out in faith, even when nobody responded and then trusting him with the end. The pursuit of knowledge or the pursuit of understanding when receiving a word of knowledge is ultimately the pursuit of Jesus. So, you know, when we're pursuing this stuff and we're pursuing understanding and we don't get understanding really is the most important process. So God gives you a word like hamburger, you step out in faith, you learn about a side or you learn different components of the character of God that you wouldn't if there was no pursuit of understanding, there was no stepping out. Paul the Apostle wrote of Jesus saying in Colossians chapter 2, verse 3, saying, in him are hidden all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I even heard one minister say one time, or mystery is not hidden from you, it's hidden for you. That's incredible. God conceals things 
only to reveal those things to those that search, seek, and pursue and step out like I did in that moment. A parable which really, you know, Jesus, over a third of Jesus's teachings were in parables. A parable really is something that's very mysterious in nature. You know, a parable often really is a good definition for a parable would be um, something that that would be, or, or, or where Jesus would hide spiritual truth in illustrated form using real life situations or using the elements within the environment he was in to teach people, especially the disciples, a really deep spiritual truth. Luke 8, chapter 9, or Luke 8, chapter, uh, Luke chapter 8, verse 9, the disciples asked Jesus saying, what does this parable mean? Verse 10, and he said, to you it has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to the rest it is given in parables, seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand. A parable, like I said, is a mysterious, um, a, 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 is a mystery wrapped in illustrated form, is a mystery wrapped in some sort of potential natural environmental element that God or Jesus used as a rabbi to disciple his disciples. And the only way the disciples understood this mystery called a parable would be to seek him out, pursue him, pursue understanding. But to the rest that just would hear it, they wouldn't really hear it. They would see it, but they wouldn't really see it because they did not take the next step to pursue understanding. So it's not just enough to embrace mystery, to embrace this thing we call mystery, but we have to pursue it. Solomon said in Ecclesiastes chapter 8, verse 17, I saw all the works and ways of God and it became clear to me that no one is able to grasp fully this mystery called life. Life is a mystery. And I think there's so many things that we will never understand. But even with God, with God, remember that even the things you don't understand, they are not hidden from you. They're hidden for you. Yes, and you're not going to understand everything in life. But when you have a dream from God or a dream that you don't even know is from God, there is nothing wrong with pursuing God for understanding. Uh, it, It doesn't always just come to us. Just like the word of knowledge, when you get... Um, information about someone's life. It may come in symbolic ways. It may come in illustrated form. It may feel like a parable, something, you know, that that God shows you that, that may, you know, just be something natural. Like my dream that I had in the beginning, I shared about the body wash. You may have a word of knowledge. You may see something like that and you have to figure out and journey through a process. Is this literal or is this a symbol of something? Now, let me just clarify one thing. In no way do I want to give the notion that everything he says is so mysterious that it cannot be understood. There's definitely a huge part of God's communication to us that is clear. I mean, we have his word, the Bible, which is the most powerful framework for everything we need. What I'm saying, though, is that we, as we dive deeper into this gift called the word of knowledge, the more mystery is revealed to us and the more mystery we have to learn to embrace. It's part of the journey. The more we have to embrace uh, what we don't understand means the more we get to know God because the more we pursue this, pursue God in the in the context of, my, of mystery, the more we understand about God's nature, which in the end, it's all about relationship. 
So the more searching required, the more conversations we have with him to gain understanding, the deeper we go in our relationship. In other words, there is a maturing that happens when we embrace mystery. And that maturing is a deeper relationship with God. Mystery can either move you out of relationship because you get frustrated at God, you don't understand God, you don't understand what he's saying to you, or because of the frustration, it can actually move you into a deeper relationship with God. Not understanding the mystery equals, for some people, not believing. And not understanding for some people equals believing for others because it pushes them to pursue him. When you have hope in Jesus, mystery makes sense in the sense that not everything has to make sense. I know that's a mouthful. But as you get to know God in relationship and you're operating in this type of thing, the word of knowledge, mystery makes sense in the sense that not everything has to make sense. So you 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 are okay with not understanding everything. You are okay. There are times when I've moved or operating in the word of knowledge in, in times when it's felt like so mysterious, I don't understand it. And I've left maybe feeling like, man, 80% of that made sense. But I was okay with the other 20% that didn't make sense because it's part of the journey. It begins to make sense that it doesn't have to make sense. I hope you caught that. Let that sink in a little bit. This is a big part of the supernatural leadership quest we are all on, discovering and becoming aware of his presence and ultimately his voice in our lives through embracing what we don't understand. Another takeaway, number two, is start with what you have. Exodus 4 verse one to three, but Moses protested again in conversation with God. You know, if I go to Pharaoh, you know, how, and and ask Pharaoh to let my people go, let the Israelites go who are in captivity for 400 years, you know, give me a sign. What sign should I rely on to know that you're going to be with me? He says, what if they won't listen or believe me or listen to me? What if they say the Lord never appeared to you? And this is in the context now of the Israelites. How are they going to believe that I actually am the guy that's called to lead them out of slavery? From Pharaoh, verse 2, the Lord asked him, what is that in your hand? He said, a shepherd's staff. Moses replied, God said to him, throw it down on the ground. The Lord told him. So Moses threw down the staff and it turned into a snake and Moses jumped back. I think this is so important moving forward because sometimes when operating in the word of knowledge, as I said, it can feel mysterious. Sometimes you have to just start with what you know. I liken it to a Kleenex box. To get to the second Kleenex in the box, you have to use the first one. You got to pull out the first one to see what's next. Sometimes to get a hold of accessing more when it comes to operating in the word of knowledge, we have to start with using the little that we do have. Sometimes it may be all that we have. Like the story I shared regarding the hamburger. I started off with what I had and God did something with it. And for me, often that's how it works. I'll start with what I have and then the rest will come. The rest will make sense. I will understand what it is that God actually wanted to say the whole time. Like God said to Moses, use what's familiar to you. Use what's in your hand. What have you been, what do you already have with you? Well, throw it down, let it go, release it to me and watch what I do with it. Watch what I turn it into. Kind of like a Kleenex box, pull the full first one out, watch what comes next. I remember I was speaking at a conference one time a few years back and I was getting ready to to listen to God to see if he would say anything uh, for anybody in the room before I went into the meeting. And I remember seeing in a vision Friday the 13th, almost like, you know, it's like in red lettering, almost like the movie 
you know, my first thought was, you know, the movie Friday the 13th and, you know, Jason is the main, uh, you know, the main uh, character or the main bad guy villain in the movie. If some, for some of you that know, know the horror movie, the famous scare, scary Jason, you know, Friday the 13th movie. I remember seeing that and my first thought right after seeing that title, like the movie title, was that I, I need to look up on my calendar what the next Friday the 13th was. That date was going to be significant and I felt like it was someone's birthday. So I looked up on the calendar and the next Friday the 13th uh, day was January the 13th. So I felt like what God was saying to me was... This is once again, the word of knowledge. It can feel mysterious. Why did why did I have to see it that way? I don't know. You just got to journey with God a little bit. January 13th, I knew was significant. So I felt this was someone's birthday um, that was connected to somebody in the meeting that I was going to, that God was going to give me a word for and that I was supposed to pray for. Also, I was supposed to pray for this individual. And I felt like they weren't actually in the meeting, but it was connected to somebody in. Turns out that... Uh, uh, the, the, the son that I ended up praying for, his name was Jason born on January 13th. And I ended up praying for the parents and having this whole word for the parents and the son who wasn't in the meeting, but it got the parents' attention. And there was a young man named Jason born on January 13th. Interesting because, you know, God used this title of the movie, Friday the 13th. My immediately, my mind went to, January the 13th, which was the next Friday the 13th. And not only was that correct, also the name of the son I needed to pray for, who wasn't in the meeting, who was the son of also the parents who I also needed to pray for. And so this is, I'm giving you an example as to the word of knowledge is not always so cut and dry. And, um, you know, we have to do a little bit of searching, a little bit of praying, a little bit of asking, asking God questions. God, what does this mean? Is it symbolic? Is it literal? Now, I now that I've you know I I haven't do, like dove super far into how I've given you a few examples, but I haven't dove super far into how the word of knowledge may come, as we will get into that much more in in future episodes when we discuss the voice of God. But one of the main ways the word of knowledge will come through or come to us through is I'm going to give you four quick, four quick things to write down. Number one, slight impressions, kind of like what I just gave you as an example. I had this impression that when I saw Friday the 13th, I had this impression that I needed to look up on my calendar what the next Friday the 13th was. And it was January 13th. So God will often, this gift will often, uh, uh, we will often operate in this gift through what feels like slight impressions. It, you know, a lot of people think it's like this lightning bolt from God. An angel comes and speaks to you. It's got to be super clear. It's not always so clear. It's no different than the voice of God in our lives. We have to work it out. We have to search it out. Number two, what I would call spontaneous God thoughts. You know, you're driving your car one day and all of a sudden you have this random thought you never were thinking of your old friend named John from, you know, high school. And all of a sudden you think of your friend named John and you start thinking about him and you wonder how he's doing. And then you get to the grocery store and you run into him and you think it's a coincidence. No, I call it a godsidence. God was giving you a word of knowledge about something that was about to happen. And you need to lean into that. I call that a spontaneous God thought. Pay attention to those things. Number three, a still or moving picture in the mind's eye. 
And we'll dive into this in future episodes, but kind of like what I saw in my mind's eye, in my mind, I saw Friday the 13th and I saw the title. I saw it like in blood. I saw it like it read. And that's what triggered the impression of moving to the calendar and checking out when the next Friday the 13th was. And number four, a most common way that God will speak to us in this gift is the still small voice. And like I said, we'll dive into this uh, in future episodes and we'll eventually be talking about dreams and visions and even what um, Peter talks about as a trance in Acts chapter 10. But for now, we'll stick to these ways that God speaks to us, um, specifically in the word of knowledge that I just mentioned. Every story so far that I have mentioned in this episode came through one of these ways. So however it comes, remember to start with what you have. So this concludes today's episode, part two of three parts. The next part, which we'll be diving into uh, number three and four of interpreting the word of knowledge will come out the first Wednesday of February. So stay tuned for that. It's going to be great. We're also going to release uh, uh, a bonus episode that same month that you're going to want to listen to. It's going to be incredible. Uh, so here are some strong takeaways from today's episode. We need to remember we are dealing with a supernatural God who deals with us in supernatural ways. And the problem often is that we want everything packaged in a natural, logical way. And unfortunately, this is not the case when it comes to God's communication to us. Number one takeaway is we have to embrace mystery. Let's redefine what mystery is. Mystery in biblical thought is a term meaning something formally hidden, things that could only be understood by revelation. Remember, mystery is hidden for our benefit. It's all about the search and or the process of uncovering what's been concealed. If something feels concealed, it's God's heart to reveal it to us through the pursuit and the process. Number two, second takeaway is start with what you have. Remember the Kleenex box illustration I used. To get to the second Kleenex, you have to pull out the first one. Start with what you have and the next one will be revealed. I went through four main ways that the word of knowledge often will come to us. And that is number one, through slight impressions. Number two, what I would call spontaneous God thoughts. Number three, a still or moving picture in the mind's eye. And number four, a common way that God will speak to us, uh, specifically in the word of knowledge, the still small voice. Today for our activation, I want us to repeat um, something similar to part one of our word of knowledge episode activation that was uh, that I shared in the last episode. And that's number one, before you go out in the morning, ask God to show you something about someone's life or even in the moment when you were out and about at the grocery store, at the coffee shop, you know, at your workplace, just ask God to speak to you something about someone's life that would be obviously encouraging, utilizing some of the tools that I've given you at point one and two today and in part one of our Word of Knowledge series. Number two, second activation, give God time. Take 20 minutes out of your day today uh, and tomorrow and the next day and the next day just to listen. Let him speak to you. Of course, write it down. Uh, I would encourage you to continue making these activations a priority because, you know, teaching is like a seed. And unless you water the seed, unless you activate it, um, it won't grow into anything. Well, that's it for today. Thank you for listening to part two of a three-part series on the word of knowledge, specifically on interpreting the word of knowledge. Uh, really praying and believing that this Supernatural Leadership Podcast will impact your life, transform your life, transform your leadership, making your leadership a little more supernatural. Look forward to connecting with you in the future. 
please share, review, and rate the podcast as it helps it get out to more people. And uh, I would encourage you, DM me on Instagram, at Sean Gaby, with topics that you'd like to hear in the future and or any questions. We love you and look forward to connecting with you for the next episode. See you soon. Thank you once again for listening to the Supernatural Leadership Podcast. I hope part one of our word of knowledge, leaning into the word of knowledge, uh, impacted you. I hope it transforms you, believing that this will be something that you begin to operate in, in your leadership in the next season of your life, if you do not already. Remember to uh, practice the activations. I know there'll be a benefit to you. And, and please rate this podcast, subscribe to it, share it with your friends, write a review. It helps boost the reach of this podcast. And I um, just want to say thank you again for listening. If you want more information, follow us at Sean Gaby on Instagram, as well as at Supernatural Leadership Podcast for more, uh, for more content on social media. God bless all of you. We love you. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. If this podcast has been an investment into your life and or impacted you in any way, we are incredibly thankful. We would love for you to join us in being able to continue bringing leadership content like this every month. Of course, it does not come without a cost, and our heart is to continue bringing you more improved quality and content. If you would like to partner with us with a one-time financial gift or to sign up as a monthly partner, you can do so at kingdomculture.ca. Thank you for listening to the Supernatural Leadership Podcast.